0: Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, and we ask that your Holy Spirit would just take control of the Sunday school this morning. I pray, Lord, that you'd take your word and write it upon our hearts, Father. We commit ourselves and commit this time to you for your glory, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. can be seated. We're going to continue with the subject of the truth about our future home. It's part five, if you want to bring up the PowerPoint for me. First scripture we're going to look at is in... Psalms 37, verse 11, and read that. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The truth is that an unearthly heaven is not our future home, but heaven and earth united together again will be our future home. We are destined, predestined to inherit this earth. God created the earth. He put us on it to have dominion over it. This was his original plan, original intention. Satan came in, mixed himself. This is where the plan of redemption comes. But the the plan has not changed. It's just the plan has become restoration back to the original in a multiplied form with God's attributes fully on display. God intends to show his glory on this very planet, earth. He plans on redeeming it completely. Brother Branham says in Future Home, no beast will be there to destroy you again. When you walk down the road in the flower gardens, there'll not be any serpent there to hiss at you and bite you with his poison venom. Oh my, won't it be wonderful? Listen, there'll be none of that new earth ever mounted up to a little yellow sod bank for a grave be none of them there man and god has come together bride and bridegroom heaven and earth heavens and earth embraced each other god has come down to dwell among man his tabernacle is with them there will be no more sin no more sorrow never will there be, ever be a teardrop off of a mother's cheek over her baby amen it won't be on that new ground no it's redeemed it belongs to him And for his that was redeemed out of it, see? And look, you are a part of that ground, is that right? And when he redeemed you, he redeemed the earth and the same thing, and you are together again. Oh, how much plainer can it be? See, you have to be redeemed because you're a part of it. And if the blood didn't drop on you, you ain't redeemed yet. You're not called. Then he cleanses it. That's the same thing he does in the fire. Even the blood, blood dropped. It's yet got to be cleansed by fire. That's right. For a dwelling place for God. God already took up his abode potentially. The kingdom of God is in the earth now in the hearts of his saints. It's his attributes that he began in the beginning. Now his attributes is redeemed. What's he he waiting to redeem the earth? To set his attributes on it, to fulfill exactly his predestinated plan. Do you see it? All right. So we see there it's, it's clear. Redemption is for this earth, our bodies, but it's also for, it's not just for the inside of us. And that's the thing where so many people get it confused and muddled up within the Christian realm, as we talked at the end of last time, is this philosophy of Plato and Aristotle comes in where spiritual is good and, and physical is bad. But that's not what God said in the beginning. Did God, When he created Adam and Eve... In, the, in a body of flesh, what, did he say that was bad? No, he said it was very good. Right? So this is important to understand is that the physical, that heaven is not merely a spiritual place like we think of it. God is a spirit. He covers all space and time. We can't touch him. We can't see him. No, it's, you're not going to be like that, and heaven is not going to be like that. And that's the problem is that concept has permeated so much in our culture and around the world that heaven is an unearthly spiritual place. And even Brother Branham was stumbled by that so bad. And it took the Lord really dealing with him supernaturally to get it out of his mind. It's a, it's a place where it's physical. It's real. You can touch it. Heaven, heaven is not unearthly. It's not a cloud. It's just as real. It's more real than what you are here today. And so the earth is the place that God created for his glory to be seen on. Again, because of sin, that's separated. But God's purpose is to bring it back together again. And we're going to look at some scriptures. Ezekiel 43, 2. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east. And his voice was like a noise of many waters. And the earth shined with his glory. God is going to create this earth so that it shines with his glory. Psalms Eighty-five nine. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. God wants glory to dwell in the land of his people. Psalm twenty-four one: The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. It all belongs to God, and God is not going to. He's not going to let Satan win. Right. He's not going to let Satan win and say, you know what? You corrupted this thing, and I just give up. I'm going to start all over again. He, ne- he never does that. That's not, God- that's, not in, that's not in God's mind. That's not in his plan. That's not how he works. That's not how he operates. He takes that which belonged to him that was lost and fixes it. He repairs it. He restores it. Revelation 11:15. 15, and the seventh angel sounded and there were great voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. This hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. The governments of this world are going to change who, who their allegiance is to. It's going to be transferred when Christ and the saints return back to this earth. We'll take over every government of the world. Second Peter 3. And, of course, you know this is the part of the text that Brother Branham took for the future home. We'll talk about it. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the, if with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved... What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. All right. So this is where many people take they take these verses and they say. God's gonna destroy the earth, the entire earth, heaven, everything, completely dissolve it, and then he's gonna recreate a new heavens and a new earth. But remember what Peter starts with at the very beginning. The world that then was, he's using past judgment to tell us and give us an understanding of future judgment. The world that then was. So what is a what is the world that then was? The world order. The earth structure is there. It completely changed. The geology of the earth totally changed because of the flood. But the structure of the earth is the exact same earth. Right? It just changed from one form to another. Right? Well, that's the same thing. The elements melting with the fervent heat, things being dissolved, does not mean that God totally destroys his entire creation and does, redoes a six-day creation or something to that effect, that idea. No, what it is is this earth, this earth is held in judgment, is there. And and this earth, these elements, will melt with fervent heat. And it speaks of, uh, grab that word, It, it says where it will pass away. Brother Branham says it means it's changing from one form to another. It's not go out of exi- existence, but to be changed from old to new. It's the same word and same terminology that's used of the new birth. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, Matthew 19, 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So this is referring to the millennium, the millennial reign. And now we're talking about our future home. We went through that whole picture. The, The millennium isn't the restoration of the new heavens and the new earth, right? That comes after the millennium. Nevertheless, as you'll find this in scripture, when, when, when we're talking about our future home, and even Brother Branham does this, the millennium and the new earth begins to blend together. Why does it do this? Why do they do that? Why do the writers of the Bible, why does Brother Branham do that? I believe it's this here, because the millennium is a regeneration of the earth. There's a, there's a process. We understand also that just as the fire burnt up, Sodom, the fire will burn up this present age. When, when, when the Laodicean age finishes, the tribulation sets in, at the end of that comes the day of the Lord, and that is where there's a fire that comes. That's one fire, that, but there's another fire that will come at the end of the millennium when Satan is loosed for a little season and gathers together the people to fight against the, the lamb and the saints then the fire comes from heaven again. so And even Peter goes back and forth between that, the coming of the day of God. That's not the end of the millennium. That's the end of the tribulation period. But he jumps directly then to the new heavens and the new earth. So you see what I'm saying when when we talk about this? There is a blending. The Bible talks of it distinctly. Brother Branham talks about it distinctly. And the Bible talks about it separately uh, 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 in a united way. So it talks it both, both directions. So the regeneration is what's happening. When Christ and the saints come back to Earth, things will be slowly set back into order. Just like when you and I are regenerated, the fire of the Holy Ghost Brother Branham talks about the fire of the Holy Ghost is like the baptism of the Holy Ghost. See, the fire comes, and then what are we? we're, we're not a finished product when we get the Holy Ghost. There's a process that takes place. We're transformed from glory to glory adding word on top of word. So the millennium does that, and then that, that comes to then the new heavens and the new earth. And there's a lot there, and you can go completely go to seed when you look at types, yeah, and there's always a danger of that when you do that. So you have to be careful how far you want to take it, because you look at a type and you start creating a new doctrine because you're looking at a type, and that's, that's the danger, that you have to be careful about types. Types confirm the doctrine that's there. Types don't make the doctrine. Uh, Revelation 21.5, and I think probably many of our problems (laughs) around the message over the history of the last how many ever years have come because people have taken a type and tried to fit it over the top of a clear, simple, basic doctrine of the Bible. Revelation 21.5, and he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new, and he said unto me, Write for these words, Are true and faithful again. Easy to take this and say, He must destroy it all completely, no atoms left, and He recreates at the atomic level completely. No, look at what redemption is. He went to the cross to make all things new, right? And He started that process. I go to my father's house. I prepare a place for you, etc., etc. So. The process started at the cross. What, what, what is he doing? Renewing. Making all things new is the, exactly the same way as saying regenerating, renewing. Bringing it from death to life. Revelation 21.1 And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. Again, same, same terminology. Going from One form to another, passing from one form to another, from death to life. All right, let's look at some of the Old Testament promises. Psalms 102.15, so the heathen shall fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth thy glory. So every nation is going to come under the dominion of Christ. Psalm 102:16 When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. So he's going to appear in his glory and he's going to reveal himself to the kings of the earth, to the heathen. Think about that. You could say, "Well, that's that's me, that's us, that's the Gentiles." Yes, that's true, but remember, he reveals himself first the son of man in spirit form to who? First to the he revealed him before in flesh form to the Jews. He reveals it in spirit form to the Gentiles. Then when the Gentiles are taken up, what does he do? He reveals himself in spirit form to the Jews through the two two witnesses, right? But then he's going to come and he's going to reveal himself to the whole earth, to all the heathens, to all the nations. He shall appear in his glory and bring destruction to the world. So that's, that's coming. He's going to reveal himself on earth, here, to the heathen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to be with him. I don't want to be here. Because his revelation then, if you're here then, it's, it's a problem. All right. Isaiah 11, familiar scriptures. Of course, again, this is, this is speaking about the millennium. But again, it, it's, it's giving the picture and understanding that this is a restoration of the earth. It's part of the process. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The curse is lifted. There's no longer... Now you put a calf together with a lion, the lion has supper, right? But in in that, the curse is lifted. It's not supper anymore. They're, They're eating together, they're playing together, and it even, of course, it's a millennial scene. It's speaking of little children and so forth. wean children and nursing children and so on. You know, this is, this is not the new heaven and the new earth, but it is the start of the release of the curse that's finished in the new heaven and the new earth. Amen. Isaiah 65, 17, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind right so here he is once again taking it from one form to another and, and even if you look at this verse the word create there's two tenses in Hebrew one is a finished process and one is a a, pro, a, a work in process and this this the tense of this word create is the process so he says for behold, I am creating new heavens and the new earth. And then it goes on to describe the millennium, right? And Brother Branham says this is referring to the millennium. So the millennium is a part of the recreation process. Yeah. Revelation 21:25, And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. 26, And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. All right. We're going to we're we're looking at that, but I want you to know that this is an Old Testament prophecy. It's in Isaiah 60. Brother Branham in Christ is the mystery of God revealed says, "Now notice again, now what's his threefold purpose? Manifest himself in Jesus Christ to come into the body, by Jesus Christ to have the preeminence to what? Restore back to Eden, bring back to that which was lost. That was the only thing out of order all the rest of his things." was in order. So the threefold purpose manifest himself in Jesus Christ, come into the body by Jesus Christ to have preeminence and to restore it back to Eden. So three parts of that purpose. The millennium is that start of that process. The new heavens and the new earth is the completion of that process. That's what we're coming to, restoring Eden again. All right. So Isaiah 60.11, Therefore thy gates shall be open continually, they shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, and that their kings may be brought. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish, yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee, the fir tree, the pine tree, and the box together to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious, The sons also of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee, and all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas thou hast been forsaken and hated, so that no man went through thee, I will make thee an eternal excellency, a joy of many generations." Thou shalt also suck the milk of the Gentiles, and shalt suck the breast of kings. Thou shalt know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. For brass I will bring gold, and for iron I will bring silver, and for wood, brass, and for stones, iron. I will also make thy officers peace, and thy exactors righteousness. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation, and thy gates praise. The sun shall be no more light, thy light by day. Neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, light, and thy God thy glory. Thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself, for the Lord shall be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. Thy people also shall be all righteous, they shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. Again, these verse from this, these verses are put forward in Revelation, speaking of the new heavens, new heavens and the new earth. Quite an earthly scene. <laughs> this is not a picture of living off in outer space on a cloud. This is, I mean, look at it, ships, silver, gold, kings, flocks, rams, camels, fir trees, pine trees. That's heaven. <laughs> it's clear that this earth is our eternal destination, a perfect earth. I want you to think of all the great things that you enjoy. And, and I, I especially, I wish, I wish the young people, were, I see a, a few young people are with me. But I feel like this is so important. When I was a kid, the thought of heaven was terrifying because it sounded so incredibly boring. In my idea, it was, of course, I was a Lutheran, so church was boring. We're sitting there, you're sitting there, you're going through, and you're doing, um, you're you're reading off something in responsive reading, and the minister gets up. He's not even interested in what he's talking about. So your idea about worship and heaven is so perverted and clouded, that there's no way to understand these things correctly. So what, why would you long for heaven? Why would you desire heaven as a young person? And that's, that's wrong. There's a, I mean, it's a place of joy, rejoicing. Our services, church services should be a place of joy and rejoicing as well. But that is going to be a reflection of that because we, we, we love God and we love his presence and it's, it's a, a, you know, th- think of the things that you enjoy, because it's not going to be just a worship service for all of eternity, though that's wonderful, and there will be enormous amounts of that, continuous amounts of that. But the things that you enjoy now, they'll never end. Hiking, art, painting, carpentry, poetry, Writing, reading, music, mountains, camping, cabins, family vacations, sports, etc. You say sports, not the modern worldly sports. There'll be something on a different, totally different level. We love, enjoy, and, and enjoy moving our bodies. And we get as you get older, you get more and more limited in that, right? But you'll be the full vibrance of youth in that body, and you'll be enjoying things. Uh, You you say, oh, I like soccer, I like baseball, I like this. There'll be things like that, only so much better, so much more enjoyable, not in a competition of anger and frustration with one another. See, this is so important to understand these things, especially, I believe, for the young people. A perfect earth is our eternal destination, and it's a place of unbelievable joy, I mean, think about the, the times you're traveling, or, or some people hate travel, so I'll just think, think about the times you're at home in your backyard, in your garden, or the rest of us who like to travel. Think about the times you're seeing some incredible, amazing place, whether it be the ocean. That doesn't have to, now it has to end. We gotta go back to work. We gotta go back to our responsibilities. That will never end. That will never stop. That joy, That that sense of, Connection with God and His creation—that will never end. There's nothing to cloud. There's nothing to destroy that whatsoever. Being holy is not being a monk, <laughs> sedentary, stuck in a cell someplace. That's not what it is. And you know, if we we present that idea that the only way to the only way to pray and the only way to be holy is just to be stuck in some little boring cell and, and that's, that's not God's idea. Amen. That's not God's heart. All of those things, of course, getting on your knees and praying, that Brother Branham says that's the true expression of manhood is wearing out the floor and wearing out your, the knees of your pants in prayer. Yeah. But that, he didn't say that was the only expression, and the only way, see, look at Brother Branham himself, how much he loved being in, in nature and in the wilderness and connecting with the Lord out there. That, will, that, is, that is the reality of what heaven is going to be like. N- nothing to hinder, no devil to hinder you from your fellowship out in the woods or on the top of a mountain, and you could just, you'll be able to just, by thought, be on the top of a mountain. Or if you don't want to, you'll be able to run as fast as you can up that mountain. <laughs> I mean, you, you think about the things that are expressed in, in those verses and in a number of other verses is, you know, there's, there's farming in heaven. Some people love farming. They think that's the absolute greatest thing. And they, they, maybe, they, maybe they dreamt of being a farmer, well, maybe that dream is going to be fulfilled over there because they beat their swords into plowshares. Plowshares are used for farming, in case you've ever wondered. So there's work, and there's, there's, there's work that's horrible, and there's work that we love and enjoy, and that's the kind of work that's going to be over there. I want you to, I want you to understand something uh, in closing. God made you the way that you are, to enjoy what you enjoy. And it's not a mistake. You don't have to be like somebody else. So this this teaching applies here, but it also applies over there. He made you in a certain way. And sometimes, sometimes he calls you to something, and you have to surrender everything to the Lord. And it becomes, you feel now like it's a sacrifice because you're so bound to time. I wish I could do this. I have it in my heart to do this, and you can never quite get there. I believe that there, you'll get to that. Because here, it's just a fleeting, passing moment. There, it's unending, hard for us to comprehend. On the new earth, you'll be the very same person with the same gifts, the same likes, the same things that you enjoy but you'll be free to pursue exactly what God designed you to pursue without the hindrance of sin and time. Amen. Let's stand and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all the good things that you've given to us, Lord. Even even now, Lord, you made us in the bodies that we're in, Lord, with lungs, with a heart, with the ability to run and leap and dance and laugh. And all those different things that you've created us to be, Lord. And you've, you've created us to desire to enjoy life, Lord. And the true path of enjoyment is a full surrender to you, Father. Because knowing that this is just temporary, the things that we're going through the suffering and the trials that we face they're just temporary and in in surrendering and offering ourselves up completely to you there lies a reward at the end lord a, a perfect body on a perfect earth with a perfect life lord to enjoy and be the person you created us to be for your glory lord radiating your very glory your attributes yourself on display. Lord, we commit ourselves to you, Lord. We ask that you be with us, ask that you be glorified in our worship and in the word that would go forth. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen.